Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Listeners, welcome to Pine Glass Preachers, or should I say, welcome back to Pine Glass Preachers. It's been a while, but you know how this goes. I start by introducing the talent. I'm the host, Tom, and with me as always are Gabe and Josh. I then launch into an incredibly witty and intelligent intro that pithily teases the night's topic. We then chat about the type of beer we're drinking, or for me, a cocktail, and then we engage in some light banter. Digress into utter BS, and then Gabe finally brings us to a break where we keep hoping that one day there's going to be a paid advertiser. Then we launch into a topic, Gabe and Josh fight, I bring the voice of reason, and we usually end up at a place that is only about 75% satisfying. But at least you know what you're getting. It's rather formulaic. You come to expect certain things. You can count on us to bring whatever it is we bring. Tonight, we're going to be discussing church in a similar vein, what we come to expect, what we expect to be delivered. But does this create an atmosphere that leads to inattention or worse, boredom? Find out tonight, but after the beer, banter, and BS, of course. Guess who's back? Back again. PG Pins back. Tell a friend. These guys. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? We're back. So the good listeners won't know this, but I'm going to let them in on a, a little bit of the background here. Is This is the second time we recorded this intro, and the first time I was yelling at them, I was like, I thought one of the things about kind of revamping this and getting back into this is that we wouldn't have to listen to you sing anymore. But I guess that's still on the table. This is what you come to expect. Oh, you could only hope, Tom. You could only hope. It is and always will be, Tom. It is and uh, always will be. Listen. All right, friends. Oh, so what? What? Were you going to talk? I mean, I I just don't. I Yes, I was going to talk, and then you interrupted me, and I feel like our chemistry is just – I mean, who gets to go first? Who's leading the but, show? Well, I, sh- I should go. I'm the host, so I'm going to go. But you paused, and then I was about to just enter and assert what I was drinking, and then you just kind of talked over me. Well, I know that's what we usually do, but I'm, can, I, can I say the other thing? Gabe, what? Guys, it's Wait. it's all gonna be okay. All right, Tommy, nope. just go ahead, buddy. Go hey, ahead. No, no. We haven't been together for a while. Okay. Um. All right. So we've been on a break for quite a while. Some of you, all seven of you, who? What are we drinking? Who, hey. Oh, no, not, I'm not the time. To again. Okay, sorry. Not yet. Ah, trying to make a serious statement here. Um. We've been on break for a while. Uh, friend Gabe here uh, is decided to pursue a PhD. And so now all of a sudden, every single night uh, is taken studying and stuff. And so you could say that this this break has been largely his fault. You could say that. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that. Oh, you could okay. say that. We you under, you returned. Chemistry, Let's throw Gabe under the bus. Yes. I do want to be clear. I'm pursuing a path towards a PhD. I'm still just in a, a master's program in philosophy. So oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Oh, Dr. Casper. Oh, don't, don't I just so want to be clear. I'm not Thank there you yet. Thank for your honesty. Don't, don't be so close. humble, Dr. Casper. It's a long time. We got a long time yet. So uh, the other, but, Yeah, the other, please. Oh, good Lord. So... <laughs> 
The other thing that that happened is, uh, and we're going to get into this uh, at another episode, another time. Uh, but over the last couple months, uh, I've actually been unemployed. I've gone through a process of being laid off, which was a really weird thing because I was crushing it at work. Um, that's but that's what that's what happens in at, at times. And maybe some of the good listeners have been through that. And so as I've been pursuing new jobs and things like that, that's obviously taken, uh, you know, the primary role of, uh, in my uh, daily life. And so Pine Class Preachers had to take a back seat. And so we're finally kind of back to this. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see some changes. Um, Nothing's changed with me, listeners. <laughs> Literally, no, 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 no life momentous, you know, um, job loss. I'm not entering a PhD program. I literally have did, been doing Did you just say program. life momentous? Or did, did you really want to say momentous changes. life decisions? Okay. Um, we've gotten dumber, apparently. Uh, I haven't. So, Here's yeah, what, actually, here's what, that's true. Gabe has gotten smarter more than got, any of us. I've, we can, <laughs> we can <laughs> verify the fact that he's gotten smarter. Yep, because I've just spent the summer whiling away my days on my porch drinking bourbon. And uh, uh, anyway, what Which, I think to be honest, gonna, is another kind of smart. Okay, that, that's right. So what what I think you're going to hear from us is we know that at times we've been a little erratic. You know, we'll pump out three episodes in one week, and then you won't hear from us for two months. And so with the schedules that they are, I think what we're going to really be trying to do is be more regular, but I think it might be once a month type of thing. Uh, you might also hear some extra content, some different content. Like I said, I we're kind of looking at doing a kind of a, a, a mini, mini round of employment and all that went into that. Uh, there might be some other really cool things that we're going to be trying to do. So uh, look for that as we move forward. Tell all your friends uh, because then we can double this to 14 listeners. And incidentally, tell all your friends is my favorite Taking Back Sunday album. Uh, so <laughs> now that we've uh, covered the business, uh, let's get into our usual shtick. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Uh, what do you got, Josh? Oh, I have something special for us since it's our return. Okay. Uh, I found normally I've got a good beer. I visit my local growler station. However, for tonight, for this momentous occasion, for this life momentous occasion, Tom, I have brought yeah. with me Seersucker Southern Style Gin. And if you could see Ooh. the bottle, it is a pastel, like North Carolina blue and white Seersucker pattern. I love mm. that bottle. Yeah, it, it is really nice. And uh, it literally, well, it was distilled and bottled by the Azar family in San Antonio. But the seersucker style gin, it almost tastes like you a mint julep, but there's no mint and there's no julep in it. So oh, not at all. How do they do it? None at all. But it's very delightful. It's refreshing. Well, while oh. we're on the gin train, uh, mine is nowhere near as unique and fun, but uh, I'm just kicking it with some, uh, some uh, Bombay Sapphire this evening. Uh, the old straight up Distilled London dry gin. Bombay Sapphire, it's good to be with you. Man, we needed to coordinate better because I definitely would have had a, a gin drink if I knew both of you were drinking gin. And this might mark the very first time that not a single one of us has a beer because you know for a fact I'm not drinking a beer. And this might actually be a first for Pine Class Preachers. Uh, I had a bottle of wine sitting in my cupboard and, uh, and I decided for this momentous occasion to bust out a bottle of wine. And so I am drinking what is called Laya, L-A-Y-A, or Leia, I don't know. Um, 
It's a 2018 vintage. And for being a fairly new vintage, it is delicious. Uh, and so I would absolutely uh, recommend this uh, if you see it in stores. But it's wine. Like, the chances of you seeing this bottle are next to none. So, I mean, whatever, listeners. If you if you can find it, make sure to text us at whatever number we have to text us at. Can anybody pull that out? 612-208-6258. Yeah. yeah. 612-208-6258. We still got it. We oh. still got it. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, well, friends, we today, we're talking about church. Uh, does it matter? Should you go? Why? I'm going to pout a lot. I'm going to pout a lot in this episode. A lot of pouting. Get ready. Uh, it's going to be great. We're so glad to be back with y'all. Thanks for not uh, losing touch. And if we have new listeners that were like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Prepare to be disappointed. Uh, we're going to head to Especially break. Especially this first episode. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to head to break, as Tom mentioned, which I thought was very clever, Tom, in hopes that one day we have an advertiser to fill this spot. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Tom, we're back and we're better that. than ever. Yeah, and not only are we back yeah, to PGP, uh, but we are back from break. And that was enough joy because now to introduce the topic, uh, I'm going to give you, our dear listeners, a glimpse into the dark depths of my pastoral soul. Who's ready for that? I've been waiting for this my whole life. Tom, I can see the excitement on your face. If only our listeners could do the same. Okay. I'm going to go put a load of laundry in while you rant and I'll be back. Okay, whatever, Tom. Listen. Th then maybe you can excuse yourself and Gabe and I will complete this conversation on our own. All right. We're no, back. No. We're no. back. We're back and we're kicking you out. Bye. <laughs> That's not how this works. No, listen, for real. Probably about two or three months ago, uh, I had shot Gabe a text and it was, if these aren't the exact words, it was something like it. Hey, do you hate Sundays as much as I do these days? And it was just sort of random, and I didn't give any context. I, I literally just shot him that text on a Sunday right after church, and this is why. All right, um, there are just some of the so, there are just some Sundays as a pastor when you show up to church, and literally people just exude apathy. Whether it's during the service itself, where they're just sitting there like, "Oh, I literally look like I would rather be doing anything else," or then all of a sudden the sermon time arrives and phones magically appear when they used to be in pockets during worship, right? Or, you know, you can just see the looks on their faces of like, yeah, I'm sure this is probably pretty important what you're saying. And I feel like I should be listening and maybe even buying into what you're, uh, what you're trying to tell me, but I'm kind of thinking about brunch or where I should go to eat or what I'm going to be doing this week or what I didn't do last week, you know? And, and as a pastor, those are days when you feel pretty defeated, uh, not because people are saying anything directly to you, but because it's just kind of like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, I know Gabe understands this, at least from a sermon writing perspective. It's not like we just show up on Sunday and just pull something out of our hats 
and just be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to like riff on this for 20, 25 minutes, right? Like at least for Gabe and I, and, and I know for so many other preachers, we take time to to craft the message, to really dig into like God's word and try to, you know, mash up what's going on culturally and societally and politically and, you know, all the other things that end in Illy with the gospel and, and really give you hopefully God's truth, right? That's our, that's our aim and our goal. For me at Bridge City, and we've talked about this on episodes before, because we're such a small congregation, I'm also the worship leader. You know, I'm in charge of putting together the liturgy each week. And so I spend a lot of time, well, I shouldn't say it. I do spend a lot of time, but more importantly, there's a lot of intentionality that goes into weaving together the themes and the goals and, you know, the messages of a confession and absolution to the songs that we sing to the message that's being preached. And it just feels a little defeating when it seems like people literally don't care. And so that's why I sent Gabe the text. I was like, man, Sundays are like the worst day of my week right now because I just want to go get them over with because I don't feel great about it. It's not filling. It's not fulfilling. I feel like I've wasted all this prep time, you know, uh, getting ready for Sunday mornings and no one actually appreciates it, gives a crap about it or, or really seems like they want to engage in a meaningful kind of way. And so it just begs the question, right? Like I know for us as pastors or clergy, we, we place a high value on Sunday mornings. We place a high value on the proclamation of the gospel. We place a high value on the sacraments uh, and, and all these other things that we see as, ne- as necessities to worship and part of our discipleship, part of our Christian life. So what do we do then? How do we respond? How do we react when it seems like no one actually cares? Have we moved into a cultural time where maybe Sundays need to be reimagined? And not, not, that's not to say stripping away the, the fundamentals that we value. That's not to say that people shouldn't come to church on Sundays. You know, the, the Bible is pretty clear. Like the church, the body of Christ gathers together to worship together, to sing together, to pray together, to absolve one another and be absolved together, you know, and to receive the means of grace that God gives us through baptism and through the Lord's Supper. But I don't know. Have we moved to a spot where it's like, okay, maybe we need to do something different uh, because literally I'm tired of showing up and seeing just apathy on people's faces or unknowing disrespect. Or, and it's not like they're being disrespectful, but it's like this general sense, l- lack of a sense of sacredness that I felt like maybe used to be there. Or maybe I was just making it up. I don't know. I pretty much just vomited and you all got to listen to me pout. And that's all I have. Let me... Re- let me respond to this as as the non-pastor in the group, and I think maybe even can bring a little bit of of even some more insider knowledge to this as a as a pastor's kid being able to hear and see some of this, but also not have the the such the personal stake in it as well. So, a number of things come to mind. Number one, first of all, you're not going to kill every time. How many times do you preach a year? 52 Sundays plus your plus your extra holidays and things like that. You know, you're you're up there week in and week out having to be in front of people. And I'm not minimizing the amount of work that you have to do. That's another thing. Nobody ever appreciates how much work goes into a worship service, into a sermon, uh into the entire worship experience. But we also that that's everybody. Nobody appreciates how much work your accountant does. Nobody appreciates how much work your plumber does or things like that. Like we all are pretty self-absorbed and don't really give much thought to how much work people put into their their professions. 
the other thing I will say is, you know, can you imagine taking your favorite band and then going to their concert every week and hearing the same thing, the same playlist, the same song every week? Would they be your favorite band? Would you get really excited about it the 300th mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you would. You love you love the band. You know all the words. And that's essentially what's happening in church. Because I have a deep appreciation for the liturgy and the readings and the sermon and the way that we do church and all of that. But it is essentially the same message every week. Christ's death and resurrection. And we're hearing it in different ways from different perspectives and things like that. But it, it's the same set list from the same band every single week. I mean, which is kind and of the so, point. What do you mean? Like, that's sort of the point. You know what I mean? Um, what's that passage uh, that Paul talks about? Is that in, uh, I can't remember what letter. He talks about, you know, people having itching ears for just kind of what they want to hear that that isn't the straight up gospel. And I'm not saying that like my sermon structure every week is the same. Uh, I I think I do a pretty decent job of mixing up and being creative. I'm just saying the entire experience, the entire Sunday morning experience doesn't have the same exuberance. I at least what I feel like as it once had. And I also think that you have to balance like, you know, we, we see a lot of churches that they change their stage display every week. They have these crazy series that they want to start so they can always be chasing down the next best thing, the greatest thing to, to, to you know, really wrap you, uh, you know, and wrap your attention and, and get you like immersed in it. But then it's like you're always chasing like this next high. You're always chasing the rabbit and this carrot. And so I think there is some value into regularity and to normalcy and to, um, you know, just just an ongoing practice of the same kind of things while at the same time trying to be creative with it. Okay, so I got I got two more things on this and then we can maybe let Gabe speak or something. I don't think Gabe keep... should speak. No, no. I have nothing uh, to say. <laughs> there's nothing valuable that you can bring to this. No. So one is going to be a side comment that we don't really need to pursue and then the second one I think we can. The first comment is as we've... For those of you who have listened to this podcast for a long time, I am the ancient one in this group, all of five years, six years older than these guys. Um, I will say that you're now eight, seven, eight years into your into your ministry, and I think you're probably hitting this point where you're past the honeymoon, you're past the newness, you're past the building stage, you're now to a plateau, and you're trying to figure out like what it is what is next and so i think a lot of us in our professional lives hit that you know your itch yeah like okay i'm done but i don't have an itch to leave i just wish people seemed like they gave a crap that's all no okay but so this goes then into the next the next thing of like like i I mean i guess i'll go back to my own my my comment that i made earlier they've heard you preach now 200 odd times you know some of the jokes some of the delivery, some some of the th- the way you put things together are predictable, and that's not a bad thing. I'm How just dare saying, you, sir. Josh is funny always. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not funny. I'm <laughs> thank just, you, Gabe. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like I you know. But okay, let's talk about whether it's good to have r- repetition and sameness worship because the band that we see 
in my hypothetical situation every week. This is different than reading the same book over and over and over again. We're talking about the gospel. We're talking about scripture. We're talking about eternal salvation here. So it's a little bit different, right? So can I can I say can I say my thing? Can I? Can, all right. Here's, here's fine. Game, fine. <laughs> I guess we here's a couple thoughts. I, I first of all want to highlight some hyper specific context that both of you have illuminated. So one is Josh. I do think some of what you may be experiencing in your context has to do with the fact that you're in Chattanooga and, and there's an inherent sort of uh, religiosity built in there kind of right. The Flannery O'Connor's Christ haunted American South, right? Like that's just like, mm -hmm. it's there. And so people are going to go to church whether they want to or not, because it's there. Now don't get me wrong. There's plenty of mission for you to do there too. But like just saying like, there's that built in cultural, milieu uh that's going to be there so you're like i think that's because i will say uh for my friends who are in cities like portland or seattle and frankly even in, in ann arbor and especially like my college students in ann arbor like they're at church because like they super chose to go there like you know like they they're not there's no there's no cultural pressure telling them they need to be there it's like they are super choosing to be there right uh then secondly, to Tom's point uh, about like, oh, well, you know, like it's it's the gospel every week or it's it's Jesus' death and resurrection every week. That, that is, I don't know if it's uniquely Lutheran, but that is a specifically Lutheran practice. Like I, I, I took a Sunday off this past Sunday, which, by the way, we may get to in a little bit here because like that may be something for you, my friend. Um, like it was very refreshing to just not to go to church somewhere else. Have no, no one knows who I am. Like I was just just a dude at church, but it, it was a denomination. And like the sermon was fine. It was an or theologically orthodox teaching, but he did not proclaim the gospel at all. Like zero. It was like a biblical teaching. Uh, and, and so again, it was orthodox, but it was not in Lutheran terms. You didn't do the thing. Like you just taught a nice life lesson from the Bible, which was a true one, accurate one, an orthodox one, but it was like, a nice Bible study that had a band around it. Right. Uh, and, and so that's unique to us too, that I think we just maybe want to consider that for our audience and, and for ourselves here today. Okay. All of that being said, all right. So to Josh's point, and I guess maybe this is where I'll hop on with you, Josh and empathize my, like if people are there, I, they generally seem like they're in it. If they're there, my beef is like the sort of, uh, I mean, and I guess this is a common gripe of pastors, but it's like, ah, uh, well, my kid has youth sports, and I'm not going to send us down that tangent. But it, but it can be, I'm not coming to church on Sunday because we have youth sports. I'm not coming to church on Sunday because I went to a wedding last night, and that counts for this weekend. Uh, I'm not coming to church on Sunday because it's cold out. Uh, like literally, that happens, uh, you know. And so it's like, oh, cool, I spent 20 hours prepping this sermon, uh, not with my kids, not with my family usually starting, you know, like usually finishing up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning uh, in order to have this ready because I think this matters that much. And then, oh, but you just retired. That's cool. I get it. Like, it's like, uh, to Tom's point, you're right. Everyone's job goes unappreciated. I do get that. Like, that's true. And so maybe well, this is just us being overly sensitive. No, well, and <clears throat> I'm not I'm not looking for people to be like, oh, you know what I mean? I'm not looking for the 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 acknowledgement or the recognition. You know what I'm saying? I don't need yeah, people yeah. to come up every Sunday and be like, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. That That's not the point. 
I guess what I'm trying to get to and to add a little bit of texture to this conversation is I feel like, and I, and I sent you both a text about this very topic, right? And I said, I'm either really good at my job or I screwed things up beyond repair. Perhaps with a bit more colorful language in the text message. But for our good <laughs> listeners, we'll keep it PG, okay? And the reason I say that is to your earlier point, Gabe, most of our members and regular attenders are coming from a hyper-evangelicalized background where there's a lot of cultural pressure to show up on Sunday mornings, um, you know, a, a lot of teaching like you described at that church that you went to. And, and Lutheranism is kind of a new thing, right? The experience that we have on Sundays is is new to them, okay? And so on the one hand of this double-edged sword, or on, I guess on the one side of this double-edged sword, is we've successfully created— Did you just say sword? Sword, yeah, sword. Sword, okay, good. Sword, sword, sword? Sword, it's just a sword. I was trying to well, enunciate. Over and it was great. It was great. It's great. Okay, you Radio. know what? To get to, the, to get to the point, on the one edge of this bladed <laughs> Blade. object, okay, <laughs> we've created a culture that is so comfortable that it's kind of like church is it is is just showing up at your your friend's house. Yeah. Where yeah. if the kids are being noisy, you show up late. You're talking during the first two songs. Whatever, right? Because we have a, a familial comfort level with each other which I think is a really great thing. But on the flip side, if you create that kind of environment that is so familiar in the best possible way, that is so comfortable in the best possible way, do you sacrifice some of the the sacredness of the time and of the intention? And that's that's more of what I'm getting at, not like needing yeah, recognition okay. for my yeah, yeah. for my preparation. I do though. So, okay, go on, Tom. <laughs> that's so yeah, your mic is probably muted, buddy. Tom muted um, himself. Oh, I did mute myself. Oh, oh we're winning. You know what, Tom? I'm embarrassed. You know what? You. That's probably good because what you were going to say was most likely unimportant. No, it's super important. You're going to all want to hear this. So, Gabe, you said something before, right before Josh was talking about this, and you're like, you know, 20 hours of prep and things like that. And even though, like, everyone, like I said, everyone's job goes unappreciated. Does anybody in your church know that that's how much time you spend? Does I mean, anybody? Some, but most, no. Does you know? We never talk. Like again, being a uh, a pastor's kid, I know how, how how hard my dad works. And there's always the joke of like, "Oh, pastors, you only work on Sunday mornings, right?" Yes, yes. People joke about that all the time, and it's not funny. It's just that you know, my dad. There was at least twice a month, my dad would get up at. 1230 at night because he got a phone call and drove 75 minutes to Fargo, North Dakota to the hospital because some, some, uh, congregants father, not even his congregants, some congregants father had a heart attack and they wanted their pastor there. And so he bundled up and trudged through the snow and got up to Fargo, North Dakota to the hospital. Like he did that all the time. My dad's put on a million miles traveling to the hospitals because he's always lived in a rural town doing this. It's, it's not just a sermon prep. It's not just uh, this. Like, my dad works 75 hours a week and has for his entire career, and that's at a minimum, you know? Yep. And so we never tell people because we're too humble or whatever, but I wonder if it would be worth time 
to talk to your congregation, not in a Bible study, because we know only like 5% of people attend a Bible study, not in a pamphlet or anything like that, but spend time in worship talking about walking people through the steps of, and to your point, Josh, why is this the thing that we're doing here sacred? Why is this important? Why is the sermon the focal point of the worship service to talk about God's word and make it clear the Lord's Supper is the focal point? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, if, if, well, if, if you celebrate it weekly, then absolutely. Yes. Which you should. But okay. Let, let's walk people you through You should that. and you could. Cheers to that. Let- but it's not everyone's <laughs> rhythm. That's true. Sorry, go on, Tom. But why not walk people through that to help them understand what what your job is, what other people in the church are doing? Why, it you know, hey, don't show up 15 minutes late. Why so, not? So, Tom, I will say, like... You're right. And and actually I have done that, but I actually, I want to peel the onion back even further. Um, let's say we do like, because this, this is the experience I had and you know, this is unique to this church and, and it, it's a fine church in our city. The, this one I went to this past Sunday and it's a fine church. They're, they're good, solid folks. But as I was sitting there, it's, it's a very well-produced service. They're that kind of church, right? So they have like the nice lights. It's really dim all the screens, uh, tight band, blah, 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 blah. Rocks okay. and cups for metaphors and analogies and right. Illustrations. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. It, and so it's like, okay, you know, good design work, whatever. But I remember sitting there and I was like, man, what's the point of this? Like, like, why would I come to this? Like if like, and, and I think this is the thing like we see is that People as church attendance, you know, is less and less and less. Uh, it just is across the board. Even, you know, what's demographers look at uh, people who are active in their faith. And the definition of active in your faith is attending a religious service once a month. Right. So that's that's the new bar of being active. Uh, and so so we say like, OK, well, that's that's different. Um, what's what's the point of going on Sunday? Like like. I know what I would say, but part of me is like, I get the, I kind of get the, like what you were saying initially, Tom of like, yeah, I've heard the gospel and I've heard your stupid fart jokes, pastor Gabe. And like, and I've received communion before, you know, if I take a couple of weeks off, it's still there next week. So why am I here this week? So th- this is the interesting thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to hear this creep into something that you're saying and, and, it, and it's reflective of what I hear, especially in the Lutheran church is that we totally shun anything that's high produced, you know, the, the focus is on, you know, the PowerPoint or the worship banner, things like that, because it, it, the focus isn't on the scripture. And so the flip side then for most Lutheran churches is to like, it's all about it's all about the gospel and and the sermon and the word and and whatnot and that's just not drawing and let's just talk about basic human psychology and marketing and advertising and the big shiny thing is what draws people in if if social media has but, taught us nothing it's the immediacy and it's the in your face kind of thing and so Tom, here's my point Tom, here's my no, point. no 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 what i'm saying is that stuff is i'm still asking why like, why am I going to that? I don't care what style your service is. My point is like, I, I get that the shiny thing can draw people in, but once you get in, it's like, okay, I've seen this movie before. So like, that's where I'm like, why even do that? Sure. And- yeah. Because my point was, 
what I would like the Lutheran church to grasp is like, we'll always say, oh, you just do message. Well, okay, why don't you make your sign a little shinier and point, have a great message? Right. But there are people that do that. There are people that do, they're, yeah. they're not Josh and I, but there are people that do that. Uh, they're actually called gifted leaders. And, uh, and so, <laughs> uh, so true. So true. It, it's true. No, there are guys within our tradition that like, are legit good at putting together that production are legit good at making things really excellent on a Sunday morning. And I still would say, why am I? And so, so they have all our great theology, everything that we high five and they have excellent production. And I'm still asking, why should I go? Which, like I've seen the movie before, which gets me to sort of the root of my original question. Are we just at a moment where, it's not important. And I'm not talking about culturally. That's I'm not, it. I, right. I'm not talking about individually. I mean, it just in, in very, very, very general and vague terms, across the board from the most highly produced to the most underproduced, a.k.a. vis-a-vis Bridge City community. <laughs> All right. And those um, of us in between, you uh, see. Uh, a and, high production thing for Bridge City is Josh combing his beard. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it. Okay, Ash Wednesday is our most high produced uh, event of the year. And it's because the lights are out and we have no candles lit. <laughs> Josh right. gets a haircut. And, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's the that, that's really the root of the question I'm asking. Okay. And I'd yep. like to know, especially maybe from you listeners. I mean, quite honestly, th- this isn't this isn't just you know, pastoral vomit. It's not poking and prodding. It's not my, even my cynicism. It's a genuine intrigue into, are we at a point where, yeah, you know what? Like, uh, I guess I'll come on Sunday or I guess I won't because the, the thing is like, I, I will say to something you said earlier, Gabe, we have a core group of people that show up every single week. And yet it's those core group of people that sometimes I most often feel just, utter apathy from but they're there every sunday and it's not just cultural christians who are like oh if i don't go my my grandma is going to call me and give me a hard time right so So it's like this crazy balance between they're showing up on a very regular basis and i'm not talking once a month i'm talking four weeks out of the month maybe Mm -hmm. more maybe they're there more than you are yeah yeah practically and yet it's still the vibe is still like, ah, I don't really know if I actually give a crap about this. Yeah. Okay. That, that's so that's a real where, question I'm trying to ask. This is yeah. where I'm going to yeah, ask yeah. you guys to remove yourself from your, your profession because you're the one standing up front. Tell me when you were at SEM or when you were at, when you were in college, were you in just utter rapt attention for every class that you went to? No, no, no. Can you, would we would we assume that the professors there spent a lot of time putting together their materials and their and their presentations? I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say most. Of, <laughs> I actually wouldn't say most of our professors fit that bill. Yeah, but okay, some but, more than others. Some more than others. Right, but the point is that you we can assume that they were that at one point they put time and effort into putting their presentations together. Right. I can yeah. tell you as 40, a 50 as years ago. A, as a regular churchgoer, every Sunday that I possibly can, and very active in our church and leading mission trips and things like that, can I pat myself on the back anymore here? That hot dogs to Venezuela. There are plenty of Sundays <laughs> where I am absolutely checked out. Absolutely checked out. Hey, me too. That makes two Josh of us, Tom. Pastor. What? 
I said, but you don't have me or Josh as your pastor. <laughs> We're special boys. It's, they're very special. But like, I, I guess I'll just, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, no, you're right. I mean, and actually, expect, I do get that. Do you expect everybody to be just, I mean, no, no. no. And that's where, and that's where I think this is, this is it. Like that to me is the thing because Tom, you're like, that's right. Like, and I would not expect to be like, frankly, like this past Sunday, again, fine church, Orthodox message, but like I was with my three kids, like I'm barely there. Right. Like, you know, they're freaking out about one thing or another. It's too loud, blah, 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 blah. And so like, I'm barely there. And so then that to me just more and more begs the question, like, what are we doing here? Does it matter? Now, I have a sneaky answer that I'm kind of building up to here, if I'm honest with you all. But I guess I want to tease this out because, like, I I do think it's, like, because let's get beyond, like, my ego. I, I think Josh has been good at saying it's not really about his ego. Um, but let's get beyond pastoral egos. Like, why does the – Tom, why did you give your out? Mm-hmm. And and this is what this is what I would say because I'm not always checked out because it's and going back to what we said earlier, church is a regular thing, a thing that is a regular part of my life. If it's a regular part of my life, then there are going to be times when I am checked out. You know what that's a lot like? Parenting. Every single mm-hmm. day I am parenting, but there are sometimes when I do a crappy yeah. job and sometimes when I do a good job and sometimes when I'm not paying attention and sometimes when I am. And every single day I'm telling my kids to pick up their damn socks and they don't do it. And so eventually I say, why am I even telling them this? Is it even worth it? And yeah, it is because I'm trying to build that, build up responsibility and whatever. And so eventually they're going to get it or holistically speaking throughout this time that I have them as children, they are going to pick up some things and learn some things and learn responsibility and how to treat people nicely and to be a good person and all this kind of stuff. Okay. And so, hold, on, hold on, Tom. Two so things. Two things. First thing. of all, Tom, two things. First of all, we're PG P. <laughs> so, PG 13, buddy. Quit your cussing. Quit your foul mouthed, bad mouth and cussing. All right, Tom? Josh. If you knew about the sock situation here in our house, I trust me, the the expletives would fly. Uh, they probably already have multiple times out of my mouth today. Okay. Oh, secondly, I'm though, the chief culprit I, on socks in my house. Oh, oh man, socks. There's never a match. Never a match. Mm. But I will say this, Tom. I think you undermined your point at the very, very beginning about questioning regularity, right? Because if you're able to parent in a way that eventually becomes so routine and so normalized for you that you almost can do it in a hypnotic state. I mean, I, I actually, okay, listen, we are making fun of Gabe's German three, his hand signal earlier from today. Yeah. Not on this episode, but behind the scenes, there's a quick peek behind the scenes. Good listener. Can you hurry up and say what you want to say? Okay. So that I had a German teacher. In high, I, listen, I, I, listen, I had a German teacher in high school who was also a licensed hypnotist. And she said that when you're driving on the road, you know, sometimes you're driving and you're like, oh, wait a second. I grow up in the Bay Area. You know what? That's how we do. That's how we do. But, you know, occasionally you'll be driving. You're like, whoa, where'd the last 50 miles go? Right. She would say that's a form of hypnosis where your body and your mind take over based on rhythm and routine and learned stuff. Right. Learned skills so that you end up driving and you're not going to get in a wreck because your mind is still operating. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just said that's the same with parenting. I think that's the actual value in a very normalized, regular, and habitual routine on a Sunday morning. 
Okay, mm-hmm. that's why we have those types of liturgies, litanies, you know, um, forms of of worship in place because it gets to the point where even if you're like, you know what, I've had a lot going on this week. My kids are acting, a, you know, a crazy fool right now. And even if you're, quote unquote, going through the motions, you're still participating and you're, either your active conscious or your subliminal conscious is participating in the act of worship. Yes. And so, so that this- to me is the important is the important part and the important factor is like, you know what, if we're able to train your mind, train your heart and train your body into the point where even if there are so many other distractions happening that you're able to be engaged in some level, you're there and you're you're participating, even if you look like you'd rather be somewhere else, that's still the spirit of God at work. That's still your training as a disciple at work. That's still your rhythm of being in the body of Christ at work. Yep. So, so C.S. Lewis has a great quote, and I, I I don't know it word for word, but his point was that knowing script the the reason that we learn scripture and that we go through the catechism and that we we sing the same hymns over and over and over again and and know these things by rote is that so in in times of stress and trouble and things like that that we are we are able to recall those things that we are able to dredge those up from our from our mind and and provide comfort to us and and have that have that that scriptural basis. But where I didn't contradict myself when I, in the beginning, when I gave the example of the band was if you went to the same concert over every single week, over and over and over again, yeah, it would get a little boring and you might not be engaged every single week, but you know what? You'd get to hear all the, you would know every single song, every single lyric, you'd know every single joke, you'd know all of their socioeconomic, you know, cultural, you know, points. And I'm, are we going to a conference is this yeah yeah you're gonna know all their social justice platforms you're gonna know you know all their little jokes and things like that but might i'm just feeling it more this week and things like that and i think the same thing happens with with worship it's really good to go day in and day out every single week because you're part of that community to hear that scripture over and over and over again for all the reasons you just said and i just said but we got. I, I think we have to understand that it's not going to be an apex moment, as much as we want it to, as much as it should be, because it is the Almighty God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's just not going to be. Listen, and I'm not looking. And then, I'm not looking for apex moments. I'm looking for something better than apathy. And with that yeah. said, I feel like I really want to get to Gabe's, Gabe's uh, sneaky point that he's been hiding under the covers. Yeah, so here's my sneaky point. Here's Wait. Pastor. Please. Should we take a break, a mental break? Yes. On the next side of this break, you're going to get Pastor Gabe's five reasons why you should get your ass in church. Oh, <laughs> man. Gabe the Evangelical. Five reasons. And with that, we'll see you from uh whatever it is we do during break which is honestly 15 minutes of the three of us just doing nothing and talking about everything so gabe had five points which i am 
absolutely positively sure he does not have five points of why we should go to church. I mean, I'm and excited so, to hear him. No, he's going to pretend to have five. He's going to get three really good ones. Two is going to be a – or, like, the fourth one's going to be a stretch, and the fifth one is going to be absolutely – Completely made up. Not even relevant. Yeah. So, let's go, Gabe. Here we go. Pastor Gabe's five reasons you should go to church. Good. Number five. Wait, uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's what? not – this episode hasn't been about why you should go to church. It's about why you should go to church and, like – really believe it's relevant it's a good point why you should go to church and why it matters yeah and why you why it matters to, to, go to, to relevant magazine you're Dang right it, i might have just helped Dave out and given him a fifth point but all right yeah, yeah. five why it matters that you go to, to church magazine. no it's better it's better why it matters to go to church number five is just a cheater one what you guys talked about is one reason is that like there's something to that rhythm to building your life around a certain uh, rhythm and Sunday morning worship being just like, this is what we do, that it shapes you. It shapes your family. If you're a family, a person who has one, it's in a particular rhythm in your life. So you should do it because it's a good rhythm to build into your life. Number four, um, community that you need a people. And frankly, in our world, we're very isolated. We're more isolated than any other time in history. Uh, and, and so there's there's no better way, frankly, to build community than consistent, regular worship where you meet people. And it's awkward at first. It's maybe awkward for like a year if you're at a new place. Uh, but you eventually build those relationships. You eventually connect with people and it ends up transforming you and transforming them. And it's really important. Number three uh, is the word of God uh, that you do need to hear from the word of God. And actually, I would frame it this way. Uh, one of the word of God is three here but well this is in no going. particular order no particular order oh um, because you counted down from five so it makes it sound like you're counting down Tom, and then one is going to be apostate. thank you I'm, I'm thank you, apostate that's the worst possible description of what i'm trying to do here okay fine stop being a heretic yeah even better not any better how or about or an antinomian yeah. how about just being a b-hole how about yeah. that yeah. Gosh, All right. Number so three. Profane. You were so profane this episode. Here's why I'd say the word of God. And I, and like, I don't just like, yes, there's a way in which I believe like just hearing it's good for you and it's performative. But really when Josh and I like, like, as we talk about preaching and that sort of thing, and, and I include that in the word of God, uh, the, the idea in my mind behind the task of preaching uh, a major part of it is to re-narrate the world for the people of God. So, so we re so like, like you get a million narratives thrown at you all the time, whether it's advertising, whether it's at your work, whether it's on the news, uh, that's telling you what the world is, how it works, what it is in church, that world is re-narrated in light of God's story. That work is re-narrated in what it means to be a part of God's people. So what it does is it re ideally it re-narrates your entire life, uh, and the regularity of worship then produces that re-narration in your life. And so it's and like I, a, a world-making exercise. Okay, so I will reiterate my point that I, that I made earlier, is that I believe that both of you need to make that point extremely explicit to your congregation because I believe that there is a percentage of your congregation that believes that the sermon is just a time for the pastor to grandstand. I think there is a percentage of the congregation that believes that the sermon is just a time for just 
arcane knowledge and just digging into the Bible and getting some nice stories out of it. Greek etymology. Yeah. I think there is a percentage of the congregation that the sermon is just a time to check out or whatever. I think if you really spend time and help the congregation understand that, hey, this is a really important time that I'm going to help you put take scripture. I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to help make it a relevant part of your life today, this week, not just for when sad times come. That right. this is like, well, I think. It, you have to spell it out for people because, again, I've made this point on Pine Class Preachers before. I've sat through Bible studies where I've seen people who have attended Bible study for 30 years ask the most insane, stupid questions possible. They just don't get it. And you have to spell it out for them. Okay, let me spell it out for you, Tom. All right. Texas fisherman lands 200 pound alligator gar after 40 minute hustle that's great so i think oh, thanks for that but tom i think i think you, like yes i agree with your point and you're right i want to make take that even a step further and actually say like yes i should be explicit about like we should be explicit about that one of the things the danger with that though is i, I like yes the the proclamation of the word should be relevant to people's lives i i do believe that However, I also want to demonstrate that, how do I frame this the right way? The, it, the world is irrelevant to the word, meaning like, like, like you can fall into a couple traps that way. But my point being like, you, you need this not because I need to bring the word into your life, but because your life needs to be brought into the word. Uh, yeah. Like, does, does that make sense? So, yeah. so Sure, but you need to explain that. You yes, like, yes, that's true. I, because I, I will say I've listened to both of you preach a lot, and so, and I've listened to a lot of other pastors preach a. Lot. Does anyone take the time to explain what we're actually doing here? Yeah, yeah, like a, a meta sermon. Yeah, I, no, you're right. There's a place for that, and needs to happen. I would say that we. I don't know about your church. Our church spends at least two or three Sundays every week talking about stewardship because that's the thing that you need to do. And like, so we get this repetitively year after year. This can't be one thing that you do next Sunday and then forget about it for five years. Like, yeah. But if you're, but if you're point. just explaining why you're preaching, what you're preaching, isn't that just explaining it away? What do you mean? Like if no. I stand up there and say, okay, Tom, I'm going to, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to preach to you. Right. I'm going to explain yeah. these things. I'm going to proclaim the gospel, blah, 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 blah. And then I preach. You're going to be like, oh, well, you were just covering your, you know, backside earlier by saying, okay, I'm going to preach this message. You need to listen up and take it for what it's worth. No, because in the, to start this episode, you said, look, you guys spend all this time putting together the sermon. You take great care to make sure that the hymns and the liturgy and all of this all match together. And it's one coordinated big thing. I am telling you that a hundred percent of the people in your congregation do not understand that. Uh, and but so, I wonder if they practice it without understanding. Sneak right, part of it is how much does it matter whether or not it's understood? Mm, we, we, mm, two, so true. So true. You two and I do the same thing with other things in our life where we just kind of like 
go through the motions and there are other people saying, man, I really wish Gabe and Josh would have paid more attention to this thing that I just did. Even to the very simple, your wife cooks an amazing meal and you're like, scarf it down and run out the door to your meeting without even acknowledging that like, holy cow, someone just put an hour and a half into this meal. Listen, listen, Tom, my wife does not cook meals like that. (laughs) I cook meals like that. And then I run off to meetings for an hour and a half. So thank true you of Josh. very much. Fine, fine, fine. But well, for the rest of our me. listeners, right. keep going, Gabe. Okay, you were come at, on. Like, so that starting. was number three. So the word of God re-narrates your life. And so you need it to do that. Otherwise- and just to remind the listeners, we are now heading into the stretch. Uh, yeah, Gabe's given us three legitimate. We are now heading into the stretch. So go. Uh, here's my final two is uh, worship. Like, you know, in the Lutheran tradition, we really focus on worship being our opportunity to receive God's good gifts, and rightly so. But it is also our, our opportunity to respond to God's good gifts. And so, frankly, you should praise God, and you should spend time praising God, and you should spend time praising God, frankly, every day, but but certainly in worship. And so it's like, dude, like he's given you everything. The fact that you're breathing, the fact that you have a life and food on your table and my goodness, salvation in Jesus Christ. Like you should praise him for that. So you should join your brothers and sisters in worship to praise God and thank him for all he's done. Uh, Number one, and especially, well, for us in a sacramental tradition, number one, and this is why I say it should be every week, is to receive the Lord's Supper. Like you, you get forgiveness of sins in that meal, guaranteed, no matter what. Like we're not disembodied people where it's like, uh, Oh, I felt bad, but you know, God forgives me, so it's fine. It's like, no, he actually gives you, I mean, yes, he does, but but he gives you this meal where he offers you forgiveness, he offers you himself. You should receive that as often as possible, uh, if you actually believe that to be true. If you don't believe that to be true, then I don't know, you're not a Christian. So, like, um, like receive the sacrament. And then, all right, see, I had five good ones, and then actually have a bonus. Sixth one oh. is this. Uh is is like but this one is a nicer one. This one is like, it matters that you're there. Like, man, how many times does St. Paul talk about the church as the body of Christ? And so it's like, and and he's and then he's like explicitly clear. Like, don't ignore the 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 person in the body of Christ that seems like, man, they're maybe not contributing as much as the other. So like, like y- you might be the gallbladder of the, your local congregation, but man. I, I'm glad I have a gallbladder. I don't really know what it does. Stone like in nobody's business. That's the thing, and and so to me, it's like it does matter. You make up the body of Christ, and so it matters. You're there. We are incomplete without the body present, and so we need that. So those are my five point five reasons you should go to church. If you have a sixth so, reason, or a seventh, or an eighth, ninth, tenth, you can text us. I remembered. That's it. That was a hard crash ending, but you know what? Go to church. Go to church and clap for Gabe. Clap for Gabe. At the end of his sermon, just clap. All right. Thanks for joining us for Plain Class Preachers. We are back. We are hopefully going to make this regular again. Tell your friends, tell your parents. We need more moms listening to us. I don't know. Just listen. Not just times. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Janet. We love you. Man, take him back Sunday. So good.